well on our way to getting through these arrow signs. I hope you babes have been enjoying me categorizing them as elements. It really allows me to talk about overarching themes and just feels a lot more natural this way. Plus, it helps me with my creativity, which means more podcast episodes for you on a frequent basis. And if you like me making podcast episodes on a frequent basis, then consider supporting the show by becoming a patron. Patrons get access to the Discord where I give weekly transit updates and weekly discussion questions. They also get access to exclusive astrological content that doesn't make it onto the podcast, as well as discounts on my services and my eternal gratitude. The whole reason I'm able to keep the show ad-free and out from behind a paywall is because of the patrons and the people who buy my services and make one-time donations. So thank you to everyone who supports me. I know I say it every week, but it really does make a difference and it means a lot. And if you want to check out any of the things I just mentioned or book a tarot reading or buy an astrological poem, head on over to my website, moonmattersastrology.com and check it all out. In last week's episode, we went over what Eros feels like when he's wading in water. We talked about how emotions are a crucial part of the sexual experience and that attraction is often linked to deep spiritual connections. While Water Eros likes being seen emotionally, this week's Eros takes a more logical and lighthearted approach to passion and attraction. This week, we're going to be exploring what it's like when Eros is an heir, and just from an elemental standpoint, we can imagine that Eros in air is going to act very differently than Eros in water and even fire. In the water and fire episodes, I went over how Eros is more passion-driven. It craves intensity through excitement of the primal senses, whether that be through fire's inclination to walk on the wild side or water's affinity to merge souls. And if you want to excite someone with an air Eros, you'll need a little bit more of a cerebral approach. But first, let's do our Eros recap. I feel like me going over the significations of Eros in each episode might be redundant, but I think it helps to really hammer home what the placement means in its purest form with no influence from sign, house, or element. So if you walk away with nothing else from all these Eros episodes, you should at least be able to tell someone what their Eros placement indicates in general. So in general, our Eros placement indicates what we're attracted to, what sexually excites us, and our passion style. Venus and Mars are also indicators of attraction and relationship style, but Eros has a more primal feel to it. It's what we're drawn to almost without realizing. The sign that Eros is under gives us the attitude of Eros and informs us in a broad way about what we find stimulating and sexy. The house placement of Eros hones in with a lot more detail and can give us insight to kinks, the types of people we gravitate towards, and even where we might encounter passionate connections out in the real world. I'll be writing a blog post about Eros through the houses for my patrons once we get through all the signs, so if you're interested in that, consider becoming a patron. Eros can sometimes help to explain why we're attracted to certain traits, love languages, or passion expressions that seem to be out of place with the rest of the chart. Because remember, you might have a Leo Venus, which might have you thinking you want this bold, fiery love, but your Eros and Taurus always has you gravitating towards the safe and comfortable type. It's about finding a partner that can stimulate our Eros while also providing a home for our Venus and Mars, which is why relationships and synastry can be so complicated. On paper, it sounds so simple, 
But when you really put these concepts out into the real world with real human beings, it can get a little messy. And we all know relationships can be a little messy. And this is why. Our Eros and our Venus and even our other placements like Mars and Juno and Saturn, they don't always line up. So it's about finding someone that can stimulate all of them if you're going to have that forever type of love. Eros can also tell us the types of relationship dynamics we like or the role we like to play in the relationship based on what role we like the other person to play. So basically, it's how we want to enmesh with our partners, if we even want to enmesh at all, because some Eroses like it when you be you and they can be them. So overall, it's passion, the types of relationships we like to be in, our turn-ons, and attraction. Now let's talk about Eros in the element of air. As I was saying before, you're going to have to be more than just exciting to make these people fall for you. And air Eros wants someone who is intellectually stimulating, can hold a conversation, and really just has their own shit going on. Air is attracted to bold ideas, wordplay, a creative mind, both in artistic and intellectual ways, and just someone who can be stimulating without being super chaotic. Another key characteristic of Eros and Air is going to be exploration and the need to be changeable. Regardless of modality, each Air Eros is going to be attracted to someone who lets them be free and who is free themselves. They want the freedom to change their mind, change their hair, change their style, change it all without feeling closed in. You can't contain Air, so if you try to pin down or box in an Air Eros, they're going to slip right through the cracks. And I said they don't want chaos, and it's because they really don't. Just because they aren't chaotic like fire doesn't mean that they don't want to experience adventure or have this amazing, really cerebral experience. Air loves to explore. Again, it's just more in the mental world. Air can be prone to overthinking and anxiety. So Eros in Air is going to seek someone balanced. And again, adventure is okay but chaos is going to send them into a tailspin. They need to find that person who can stimulate them mentally, but not tip them over the edge. And as we get into it, we'll see that duality is big for the air signs in general. And of course, each air sign is going to manifest this energy in their own way. So let's explore what Eros is like under the air signs. I think anyone can guess that out of all the air Eroses, Gemini is going to be the one who wants the conversationalist. While all air Eroses are chatty, this one is going to be strongly attracted to people who can start a conversation as well as hold a conversation. Anything ranging from small talk to in-depth soul-searching chats are going to turn these people on. They want someone who is a wordsmith. They're attracted to charisma and charming people that just have a way with words. Air signs don't necessarily scream romance, but a Gemini Eros is going to love someone that they can muse about. If you stir their mind in a way that makes them want to write poetry, songs, or incites other creative outlets in them, then you'll have their attention at least for a little while. With Gemini, you have to strike that balance of duality. You have to be the exciting, beautiful, inspiring muse, but you also have to embody true intellect and have some sass to you. You can't just be the pretty face. Gemini doesn't want just Dorian Gray. They want Lord Henry as well. And if you get that reference, you are instantly my favorite person. So please, if anyone gets that reference, let me know. 
Duality is huge for this Eros. They want someone who can embody more than just one thing. There can be no one-trick ponies here, as Eros in Gemini wants a partner who is going to explore mentally and creatively with them. There's going to be a lot of dirty talk, flirting, and wordplay with these people. They want someone who isn't afraid to sext or send a quick dirty thought throughout the day. They're attracted to people who keep it fun and lighthearted, but can also go deep and be stimulating. This is a Mercury-ruled air, so we're going to see a love of conversation, idea exchange, but also fluidity in the bedroom. Being flexible and open to trying new things is going to be a really big turn-on for Eros and Gemini. They definitely won't be attracted to someone who sets limitations on them or someone who seems just kind of too stuffy or uptight. Stuffy and uptight is not sexy to Gemini or Mercury. Fluid lovers who know all the right things to say, but still have actual intellectual depth, are sexy. Next, we have the commanding force of duality, which is none other than Libra. Eros and Libra wants one thing, and they have no idea what it is. And that was my awful joke about Libra being indecisive. But really, Eros and Libra wants harmony, balance, and also appearances. Eros and Libra means we have Venus-ruled air which can be so flirty. This Eros is going to want someone who can flirt and flirt well. They'll be attracted to people who have charm and charisma, just like Gemini. But what Libra wants more than anything else is someone with social graces. Eros and Libra thinks it's so sexy when they see someone who can control the room, has all eyes on them, but is still the most humble and polite person in the room. They want the host with the most, essentially. They want someone that they can take to any social gathering and they know they'll be just fine. Eros and Libra doesn't want to have to babysit their partner at the party. They want people to be impressed by their partner. The Venus influence of this Eros means they'll love someone who charms the room and brings people together in a very natural and fluid way. Sexually, this is a true prim and proper in the streets, freak in the sheets placement. Again, someone who can be dressed up and flaunted is so attractive to Eros and Libra. Libra cares about appearances and how they're perceived, so this means their partners will feel like a direct reflection of themselves, and they want that reflection to be stunning. People who take time to work on their appearance, dress well, and have good manners are definitely going to catch the eye of an Eros and Libra. They like peaceful people who aren't going to make waves, but again, rather bring people together and use their wit and charm to diffuse any situation. This can make Eris and Libra seem a little shallow. You know, when I'm talking about them, it's like they like pretty people, they like looks, they like social charm, they like debutantes, but I promise they aren't. Being a Venus-ruled Eros means there's an innate affinity for beauty, art, harmony. Someone who exudes class, intellect, and a flirtatious tongue is going to be irresistible to Eros and Libra. And here's a little sinistry moment for you, babes. My partner has his Eros in Libra, and I'm a Libra rising. This means what he finds sexy matches up with my physical body and the appearance that I project most outwardly into the world. Sinistry-wise, when I see an Eros and Ascendant alignment, I know there's going to be a strong sexual desire from at least the person with the Eros placement. That doesn't necessarily mean that the Ascendant person returns it. It's just the Eros person is definitely going to find a strong attraction to people with that rising. 
But this is just sexual desire. This has nothing to do with Venus, Saturn, or Juno, who are really big and important players for seeing if the relationship has long-term staying power. But I know when I see that type of matchup, there's at least a strong Eros heartbeat in the relationship, which for some people that's enough. For some people it's not. Again, synastry is more than just one thing. You have to look at the totality of it all. But when I see Eros and Ascendant alignment, I know there's a strong Eros heartbeat from at least one of the players in that relationship. One last thing about Eros and Libra, they aren't prudes. I know the whole being attracted to people with good manners can make them seem a little prudish. They really aren't. They just find it sexy when someone knows how to move through the world with grace. They're attracted to the most vivacious person in the room, and they want to share a balanced, harmonic passion with their partner. It's the most sensual of all the air Eroses, thanks to Venus's influence. The last of the air Eroses is Saturn ruled Aquarius. And the reason I bring up Saturn ruled right out the gate is because this is also the fixed air sign, which means there's a seriousness and a kind of a cementing factor to this Eros that we don't see with the others. The others are very lighthearted and free, and I'm not saying that Aquarius isn't, but there's just a much more serious tone to Aquarius's lightheartedness, if that makes sense. Eros and Aquarius is serious about attraction, and they don't really like to play those head games like the other two air signs do, and I know you're going to think that's crazy, but it's not. Aquarius doesn't play head games. They honestly just forget about you. They, they didn't mean to ghost you. It's just like they truly forgot because they're thinking about something else that's bigger and better than you in their mind. Libra and Gemini, yes, they're going to play head games. They're going to do that flirty thing. Aquarius, not so much. They just truly did forget, and now you're gone. So. That's just how it is with them. Flirting comes more in the form of a potential partner proving their intellect and showing what they're passionate about. If you want to impress Eris and Aquarius, show them how smart you are. Eris and Aquarius can only be passionate about you if you're passionate about something else. This Eros placement needs you to be an independent person with your own life, desires, cares, and causes. They're attracted to the humanitarian, but not the humanitarian who just says they're the humanitarian, the person that just, you know, like donates money every year. No, they don't want that. They want someone who goes hard for their chosen cause and thinks of others in big ways. Being able to share ideas and talk about the weird, the strange, and the occult with no restrictions is going to be very sexy to these people. They'll likely be attracted to people who don't care what other people think. This is the exact opposite of Eros and Libra. While Eros and Libra wants the debutante you can take anywhere, Eros and Aquarius wants the rebel who isn't afraid to cause a scene in the name of their cause. I always say that fixed air is fixed thought. So Eros and Aquarius can be attracted to people who have super staunch beliefs and that means a partner with firm beliefs is sexy because they can't be pushed around intellectually. It is malefic ruled, so it kind of wants that tension a little bit. It wants you to say what you mean and not back down just because I pushed you. Just because I tested you on it doesn't mean I want you to falter now. No, Eros and Aquarius wants someone who they get challenged in their beliefs or their ideas, and they show you why they're right and why they're not going to back down. That's extremely sexy to someone with an Eros in Aquarius. Sex and passion styles will be similar to Gemini in that there should be a sense of fluidity. 
Aquarius is Saturn ruled, yes, but it's more about the restructuring of boundaries than adhering to them. That's Capricorn's deal. Capricorn is the one that follows the traditions. Aquarius is the one that rearranges the traditions. So we'll see a lot of taboo topics come up in the bedroom and maybe even relationship dynamics are tested in an interesting way. Maybe, you know, ethical non-monogamy or having more than one, you know, an open marriage. It's there's a lot of different things that can happen here or that someone wants to explore if they have Eros in Aquarius. A partner who wants to explore different sexual dynamics can be really stimulating and exciting to Eros in Aquarius. Another thing these people will be highly attracted to is individuality. While Aquarius is known for fighting for the greater good, they often do so through expressing their unique individual style or their individual beliefs. Someone who has a cause they believe in and doesn't compromise their unique sense of self is going to be exactly what Eris and Aquarius is looking for. The air Eroses are driven by intellect, charm, and an exploration of passion through the mind. Finding someone who challenges them mentally or someone they can mentally spar with is exciting for them. They like a partner who can be playful and witty, but also cerebral and serious. Basically, you have to turn them on through their mind. You have to have something going on. You cannot just be that pretty face. You have to have something more. You have to have the charm, the wit, the intellect, the social graces, the fluidity to move throughout You know, the mental plane and the celestial plane and the physical plane. You have to be able to explore and expand in a way that excites them. Mercury ruled Gemini is going to love someone who can be their muse. Venus ruled Libra wants the ethereal lover for all occasions. And Saturn ruled Aquarius desires a driven individual who uses their intellect to improve the goodness of the world. As with the other elements, air eros will likely find people with air placements to be attractive, but there's other ways we can see this manifest. Someone with Mercury in Virgo could be very attractive to eros and air. While Mercury in Virgo is earth energy, It's still in domicile and exaltation, so Mercury is free to be analytical and show mental prowess, which would be very enticing to the air eroses. As always, remember that we need to take the entirety of our chart into account when we're assessing love and attraction. Our eros does a great job at indicating what turns us on and what we gravitate towards, but all placements have their role in influencing that. And I mentioned Saturn in this episode, and I don't think I've mentioned Saturn before, but if you want your relationship to last, if you want staying power, if you don't just want the one night stand or a casual, you know, fling for a couple months, you need Saturn. I think people see Saturn in Sinistry and they get scared. They're like, oh, I'm doomed. When in all actuality, Saturn is what's going to give your relationship rules and regulations and staying power. It's the time. He's the the god of time. He literally rules everything that has to do with longevity. So if you want a long-term relationship, make sure that the Saturn placement in the synastry is well-placed or in a place that kind of, you know, bodes well for long-term sustainable growth. And that's just my little spiel about Saturn and synastry. I will talk about this more, but I brought it up now, so I wanted to mention why. If you want more astrological content before the next episode, consider signing up to become a patron of my work. I've got exclusive blog content, monthly horoscopes, retrograde guides, and a Discord waiting for you to join. 
You could also leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. They always make my day and they help the show out greatly. Head on over to my website, moonmattersastrology.com. Check it all out and thank you in advance for supporting me. I'll see all you babes later. Later.